Welcome to episode 123 of Friends of Film, a podcast that relates news and releases in the movie world. On this episode, we'll cover Predator's first trailer, Jordan Peele's new movie, a Kenobi update, and more after we give our favorite theater-going experiences of all time. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by a man who hasn't stopped watching the This Is America uh, music video, yeah. Josh Straley. Ooh, I mean, and listening to it, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't, does that make me sound like the guy from Get Out a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Cause, I mean, but I, I just do, I mean, I was about to, like, tweet more thoughts about it, and I was like, Oh man, this kind of sounds like I'm, you know, <laughs> performing a little bit. I was like, oh geez, but I, I love it. Yeah, it is good. Uh, it's more childish Gambino music, uh, so you know, I'm just happy it's there mm-hmm. and more is coming out the pipeline. But but hey, everyone, don't forget you can get all of our latest updates on Facebook and Twitter at Friends and Film, and be sure to check out the rest of our shows on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you can. On iTunes, leave us a review. It really helps. Yeah, and always go over to our website, friendsfilm.wordpress.com as well. But this week, we are also not alone as Colton Leakty, the man whose first midnight screening was Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, is here. Yes, I am back. And thanks for getting that out of the way for me, <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, it's so, so prestigious. <laughs> was, it, was, you know, was it everything you hoped and Actually, dreamed? Actually, yeah. Unfortunately, at the time... Um, I remember seeing it and loving it the first time walking out of it. I was like, mm-hmm. that was so great. Well, I, I, it wasn't like one of the best movies ever type level, but it was definitely like, oh, yeah, that's everything I want in the summer movie. But, yeah, I mean, thoughts change <laughs> yeah. at the time. So. No, okay. I, yeah. I can hear you. you grow. You mature. Yeah. You see more. You see, what, you see what else is out there in the movie world. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, today it's just so hard to try to get in the, hi- the headspace of someone who is hyped. Yeah, Transformers. exactly. So, like, I mean, this was, like, early on, back when the first one was a huge success, too. Right. So you got to remember that. But, I mean, like, I still don't hate it as much as other people do just simply because of that first first showing. Oh, Revenge of, of the Fallen? Yeah. Fair enough. That, I mean, that's the second best Transformers movie. What's the first? The first? The, the first. Okay. The, the, I would gotcha. argue that the third one's up there with it. Yeah, I mean they're Maybe like a little better. They're like one A, one B. But like, I think if I were to rewatch one, I'd probably choose the second one, honestly, because the third one just got such a overlong ending with the, buildings falling. The and third everything. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I put the first one just over. But uh, neither of those are on my personal list for best theater experiences. We each have a bunch of different suggestions that we're going to kind of run through, relive, um, and kind of detail kind of why each of these are kind of on our lists. Um, I guess Josh, do you want to start and give your oh. very your your favorite or one of your favorite okay. theater going experiences? Yeah. So, okay, this may be my favorite, but I think all of these here are really mm-hmm. tied okay. in a way. But I'm going to go ahead and jump us back to 2003 with the Return of the King, oh. um, Lord of the Rings, the third and final installment of Peter Jackson's uh, you know original <laughs> trilogy, and. The whole, I think the whole day is kind of special because it was the first primetime movie that I've ever gone to that mm-hmm. I can remember. Um, and it was just so cool because we showed up at the theater and we didn't know anything about, you know, busy movies or whatever. <laughs> I just remember being with my dad and my older brother. And showings for like two times were sold out. So we bought a third and just waited there, like, you know, sitting on the Jeez. floor, eating popcorn and drinking like sodas in this <laughs> massive line as people are like, you know, waiting to get mm-hmm. in to see this thing. And then we kind of like, finally, it's time for the movie. 
They have us walk in single file, packing us together from the very top of the row all the way to the front. I'm like, this is a packed theater. And it was just like, uh, I don't know. I remember being like, oh, man, this is this is intense. Mm-hmm. Then the movie gets going, and it's like equal parts horror, action, <laughs> and sentimental in all these ways. And it was just like one really epic experience. So... I mean, and yeah. I love the movies. Yeah. And yeah, I'm jealous of like you that. there. I didn't get to see a single one of those in theaters. Mm-hmm. Me neither. Yeah. I saw them like as they came out on DVD, but that yeah. was back before my parents took me to see movies a lot. <laughs> sure. So, or I had a license, you know, to see a movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm pretty jealous of that one. Yep. That's one of my favorites. Only got to see the uh, Hobbits, the grand old Hobbit yeah. movies in oh, theaters. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. I, so. I just remember when the first one came out on DVD. My dad was watching. He's like, that's it? That's the end of the story? He was like so <laughs> incensed that it ended right there. Um, it's like It was like sort of like his motivation to get us to those movies because right. <laughs> he couldn't believe that they didn't tell the whole story <laughs> in one movie. Uh, yeah, so one of my uh, favorite theater experiences is one that, I mean, this was Colton's idea to do this list. It's a fan that he's here because he yeah, is I'm just nostalgic. He is a he is he always <laughs> lives in the past, uh, but he's also a common factor in most of uh, my list. Josh is a part of one of them as Ooh. well. Um, but the one I want to mention is probably my favorite of all time. But I mean, some of these are really interchangeable. There's not a distinct order or list or anything. Um, but the first Avengers is one of my favorite mm. theater going experiences, if not my favorite, um, because it was back in like, you know, back in the old days, five years ago, <laughs> in 2012 or six years ago. Yeah. Um, but it was like the theater going landscape was so different then where like you could still have midnight premieres yeah, it's because of that uh, specifically. You, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge factor, but also like it was before the days of like pre buying tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we have reserved seating, and like people want to get their tickets right away. So like it's become more competitive, but like back then you just had to buy a ticket. And then if you want the best seat possible, you got to show up really early. Yeah. And so that's what we did. We showed up, you know, me, Colton, um, one or two or three of our other friends, um, all showed up at like, I mean, the movie started at 11 or midnight. I don't remember which one. Um, and then, you know, we showed up at like six, six, six or yeah. Like we were there like six hours early and you know, you just, we were like, even then, like there was still a couple in front of us, mm-hmm. um, but we were able to like secure our seats. But it was just like that anticipation building factor. Like you're sitting there, you're just kind of like, okay, like we've seen Iron Man, we've seen Incredible Hulk, we've seen yeah. Iron Man Two, we've seen Thor, we've seen Captain America, and now we're here. And like it, like the experience of seeing it in the theater was great because at that point, you know, those late night showings are for like the people who want to see it like the most. Mm-hmm. And so it's a packed house of just all Marvel fans or at least fans of those movies. And I mean, there are so many just like jump out of your seat, like, like audibly like cheering moments in that movie that seeing it in a theater opening night at midnight. Uh, I mean, it, that, that is what boosts it all the way up here is because that communal factor of like, yeah. you know, me sitting next to a couple of friends and then Hulk punching that giant Chitauri slug and then our friend leaping up and like going crazy <laughs> and like years like you Give can't shout help out to Cornell. Yeah. You can't <laughs> help but just like start clapping and cheering because it's just like such a good time. And I mean, the movie was great. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, but I mean the theater experience alone helps yeah. every time I watch. I'm like, man, I wish I could go back to that. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I had that on my list too, so I won't go into that because you basically mirrored all my <laughs> what what I thought of that too. But I'm going to go into another movie that came out that summer, The Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it was such a fun day. The whole the basically the whole day was devoted to this. We bought. I remember we got in line and bought our tickets the day the tickets went on sale. There was a. They said that they had sold out like later that night. Mm-hmm. It was like that's like one of the first times I remember dealing with that. Mm-hmm. But it was such a fun day all around. We had a group of like 15 plus go to that movie. We took up a whole row and then some. I remember some friends showed up like late to the movie, so they had to sit in like the front on the side. <laughs> they weren't too happy about it. I was like, you should have showed up with us. Yep. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a midnight showing again back before they changed it. Um, I think four or five of us showed up around. It was 3 p.m. around that. We showed up super early. There were about 15 to 20 people in front of us in line. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people ended up not not right when we got there but they were all dressed up yeah. like there was like scarecrow mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all the all the other villains and stuff were all dressed up some guy was really good bane <laughs> he shaved his head <laughs> and everything had the mask it was really cool um they brought in like uh well the people in front of us had like lawn chairs set up in the lobby oh, and they had good. like uh coolers out yeah. and stuff like that and then um i remember they brought out injustice and a console i don't know oh, yeah. xbox or playstation oh, but they brought it out nice. and uh, had a tv set up in the lobby for people to play mm-hmm. but yeah that was just that whole moment leading up to it was just so exciting we were all like pumped for it because yeah. we've been waiting for, since like the dark night ended to see this movie yeah totally and then uh yeah so like we ended up in the movie and um yeah unfortunately i remember one of my friends cole didn't <laughs> dislike the movie and kind of left a sour taste coming out of it because you could tell he didn't like it but um this first showing not only lives fresh in my mind, but the repeat viewings mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. of seeing it again later on in the week. I remember the literally woke up the next day. I believe you were there too. <laughs> went to the theater, the other one yep. at DuPont, and we watched it again. Then I had to go to work. Got off work, came back, saw it again with Dan. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna call out Dan here. Dan spent the entire day at the theater watching it over and over oh again. My I think gosh. He, I think he interchanged a couple movies in there in between, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, like I, That's... he met me up for the last show then that night too. So I, yeah, I saw it three times technically opening Ooh. day, which is, yeah. Just I mean, when, just when you think you love something, yeah. <laughs> Dan is there yeah, to say no. Exactly. no I loved he's it more. Be, if he listens to this, he's gonna be mad <laughs> well, for yeah, I mean, bringing I'll that just, up because it's, it'll probably be embarrassing to him. Now, <laughs> but <laughs> I'll just lay over top because you guys just like went one for two on yeah. one of mine here. But I just wrote summer of 2012. Yeah, um, Avengers in May, Dark Knight Rises. In July, July, July yeah. 20th, I think is the July exact 20th, yeah. Yep. Okay. That's funny how that's so ingrained. But like you said, it was the first movie I ever bought advanced tickets for, or like, you know, prior to the day before, mm-hmm. or or the day of. Before anyway. you like showed up to the theater. Well, no. Okay. I don't think so. But it was the first one where we bought them days before we went to the theater. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. That's the whole frame this one, because there's also another movie. But <laughs> and anyway, yeah, it was just because like superheroes were coming to the forefront of pop culture at that moment comic books were Mm -hmm. and it was so cool to like finally be able to be like there are now all of these movies for fans of something that was once considered like really geekish or nerdy Mm -hmm. and i just remember seeing like a comic book stand set up in the middle of i think it was like the dupont theater here in fort wayne indiana and i was like we, we are taking over. This is awesome. So I went over there. I spent like 30 bucks in comics and took those home with me while waiting in line for The Dark Knight Rises. Um, 
family who I didn't even expect to run into showed up. People from out of town who like don't ever come to Fort Wayne that I knew like showed up at that theater. I was like, you guys here to see the Dark Knight? I'm like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I don't know. It's just, um, like you said, that was, it's a great summer, but those two movies indefinitely, yeah. just the forefront of pop culture that they kind of represented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, two kind of, I remember fondly. See, that's what, that's just something that we don't get anymore. I feel mm-hmm. like is like, I mean, you still get people excited for the movies, but it just doesn't feel the same as it used to back then. Like when you go to the premieres now, I think a big part of that is just because they push the times back to try to make more money by going to the seven o'clock shows. Yeah. And then like a 10 o'clock. But like, yeah, when they had the midnight ones, you had to be there or mm-hmm. you weren't seeing it the opening night. You know? Right. Like their popularity has almost exploded to the point where they, you know, the crowds are almost diffused a little bit in mm-hmm. some in some ways. Yeah. In some ways. Because like now there's like, you know, at like our at our biggest theater in Fort Wayne is mm-hmm. the one Jefferson Point. Uh, you know, we have an IMAX screen and then like 19 other screens and like, you know, for like Avengers Infinity War that there's a seven o'clock IMAX, but there's eight o'clock 3Ds. Then there's a 1045 IMAX and it's up. just like, right. it, yeah. yeah. And then there's like a, some theaters even were going to like two to 3 a.m. And like, you yeah, like you're, if you have six, seven o'clock showings and then, you know, five more at eight o'clock mm-hmm. and then some at nine and then more at 10 and 11, like, yeah, all of those hardcore, you're going to get some hardcore fans in each uh, section, but then you're also going to just kind of have like the more like, oh yeah, you know, it's Avengers. Oh, oh yeah, okay, sure, right. let's go see it. And yeah. like, I, I, I do miss that. Like, yeah. we're here. I'm like here with like my brothers and sisters in like mm-hmm. the movie world that like are just as excited to see this as me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's just one of those uh, growing up experiences yeah. where you're like, okay, well everybody loves it now, which is which is which what is great. you want. But yeah, mm-hmm. you also miss that exclusive feeling a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what else uh, is on your list? There? What else is on my list? Okay, the first movie I ever saw twice in theaters. Um, but so, but the, because the first time was so good, mm-hmm. and that is Star Wars Episode Two, uh, Attack of the Clones. Like, listen, I, I, as a seven-year-old kid when this movie came out, uh, I was just thrilled with it. Or I think it'd be six years old. Um, Star Wars mm-hmm. was, you know, the thing I lived and breathed for. Loved it ever since I was like three years old. So. When episode two came out, we're at the first 8 p.m. showing on Friday with the entire, or I think it's just me, my dad, and my brother again. But I remember being like, it was the first Star Wars film I'd seen on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And when the opening crawl jumps out, there's the epic lightsaber battles. And then, you know, of course, Williams' score. And like, it was the first, like, true movie moment where I was like, this is the grand, <laughs> this is the grandeur of cinema. And I mean, I don't feel that way about the movie today, but I remember in the moment being like, this is why movie theaters are awesome. Cause it's like, you know, my favorite thing is here. Mm-hmm. And then that's what led me back, um, the next day or, you know, I think the next day to see it again. So, yeah, I love about that too, is like the prequels for us came out at just the right time. <laughs> right. Cause I still have very fond memories, just like you said, mm-hmm. of, you know, going to see those in theaters and stuff. And Yeah. I'm just happy they came out when they did, I guess. I mean, I I think episode two, maybe like my earliest theater going experience like that. I remember, like, I remember like going there with my dad and my uncle and my cousin and just like being excited and like having to go to the bathroom the entire time, but like not wanting to miss anything. Mm -hmm. Cause like they're all being chained up on Geonosis. I'm like, what's going to (laughs) happen? Exactly. 
you're still like you're not thinking like well there's gonna well, be, there's a, third be one. a third one <laughs> it's exactly. a trilogy <laughs> yeah it's before you can it's when you're able to like live in the moment mm-hmm. on those kind of things it's like this really happened this yeah. is actually an oral history of yeah. space <laughs> this is i'm literally watching this happen to somebody right now <laughs> yeah oh we were so naive um mm. the next one on my list i will mention then is captain america civil war uh, yeah. This one is very special to me because I got to see it like two and a half weeks early um, at a fan screening. I drove all the way to Michigan um, and saw it there. Like, you know, I skipped school <laughs> when I was still in college to go see it. Um, and I, it, it's similar to my experience with the Avengers because you're going to an early screening of a Marvel movie. And all the people there, except for, like, the locals who were like, oh, yeah, we co- we see an early showing of a movie every single week. Like, you know, I saw I saw Man of Steel four months early. And it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> cool. Good for you. Uh, but, like, the re- everybody else is, like, you know, there and, like, drove at least, like, some decent, like, distance to, like, get there and, like, mm-hmm. reserve their tickets and, like, go show up. And, like, seeing it in that environment with, like, you know – security guards on the sides of the walls with night vision goggles like making sure we're not like taping you know taping it or like wow. like they were ready to like throw people out if your phone even lit up like Yeesh. anything That's how it should be anything <laughs> was like you know all, everything was off limits and it's just seeing it and the movie is fantastic and then driving home the colton called me and i talked to him about it for like I was an just hour like, tell me who dies <laughs> and i was like i'm not telling you anything but spider-man's awesome black panther's awesome like i you know i gave like these like teases but like i'm not gonna like obviously give away the plot um but like yeah from start to finish it was like it's one of those like kind of day uh experiences it's not like the movie yeah. was the movie was great but it's like the whole experience of seeing the movie in the theater Going to it and you know leaving it is what helps make that even more special. Colton? Yeah. Okay. Um, don't want to keep uh, <laughs> riding Nolan's back here, but uh, I got another Chris Nolan movie for you guys. Um, Interstellar. Okay. Was yeah. such a great experience for me. So um, I caught wind of an early screening. They were going to show it on the Tuesday before it premiered that Thursday at the Indiana State Museum IMAX, which is like huge okay? okay so i couldn't pass this opportunity up so i got a few of my friends lj mm-hmm. you know um we went and saw this early screening here on on a tuesday night we drove down to indy and um yeah it's like i just remember being completely like amazed at the scope of the movie and everything just like i'm sure the giant imax screen helped but um the score from Hans Zimmer just completely stuck in my head, stuck with me like that whole week. I couldn't sleep the night that night just thinking about the movie and everything. Mm-hmm. The next day, I just I remember this is kind of embarrassing, but I like I remember calling my mom and dad both at work when they were at work and just being like, "This movie's really special. We need to go see it." <laughs> yeah, like you guys need to see this. Um, and yeah, I still think the same. Um, this is like one of the only movies I can actually think of that I actually debated if it was my favorite movie or not taking the spot of the dark Knight, which um i'll get into that later because that's <laughs> okay. another movie going experience but yeah i mean the thought still crosses my mind every once in a while when i watch the movie um i still i still consider it to be kind of an underrated masterpiece because there's a lot of people that still have problems with it but i mean teach their own i guess but i just think it's filled with so much emotion and heart and that all just drove into me like that first screening i saw it and uh yeah, I just remember it sticking with me and just to drive back from the movie just talking about it and debating everything with, you know, the friends I was with. So, 
yeah, that's my that's one of the top ones for me. Awesome. You have any other ones, Josh? But, uh, yeah, I do have a okay. few other ones. Okay. Um, do we need to jump to you? Have you said anything lately? Yeah. Oh. I just went on Civil War. <laughs> That's right. <Okay. laughs> I know. Fair it was enough. pretty forgettable, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> forgettable movie. Yeah, nothing All memorable. Right. Well, this one, it be, uh, this one comes from its sheer weirdness, I think, okay. because I didn't really expect to enjoy it. It was It's Guardians of the Galaxy back oh, yeah. in August of 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. So, I mean, it's right before I'm about to start college, and... In my head, I'm like, all right, let's go see, let's go do something with my friends. So um, we go. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is gonna be good or not, but it's a Marvel movie. Chris Pine or Chris Pratt's mm-hmm. from Parks and Rec. He's funny, so we'll see what we'll see what goes down here. It's a no, it's a hit or miss situation, and the theater ends up being you know largely full, a few seats sparsely you know left, and it's diehard hilarious. From the very first moment, not the very first moment, but from that opening s- credit sequence mm-hmm. with Come and Get Your Love and him just dancing through the whole thing. And I'm like, what What kind of movie is this? <laughs> and they, they, the whole audience just got it right away um, from all of the music uh, that it's in there to the jokes, to Rocket, to Groot, everything like that. It's just like, that was incredibly good. And then sort of just kind of spilled out of the theater with the awesome mixtape soundtrack, and it went on and on from there. And I'm just like, wow, I did not, I did not go to the theater, expect to enjoy this movie, and then have it be like you know one of my favorites that Marvel's ever done. So, but it is, it and is. Uh, I'll go to uh, one that is i'll be brief about it because it's really just like a couple moments that stand out but Mm -hmm. the movie get smart starring steve carell anne hathaway (laughs) the rock um alan arkin is one of my favorite movie going experiences um i went with this guy colin (laughs) and both of our sisters went uh the second time but the first time we saw it uh one of the movies that i think as a younger version of myself made me laugh the most uh, was get smart. And then going back and seeing it again, less than 24 hours, we're seeing it. And like, we know all the jokes that are coming, but me and Colton are looking at each other and we're laughing two minutes before Steve crawl shows up in a fat suit because we know it's just going to like, cause we know it's so funny. We know we're going to laugh yeah. that like just the image of it and knowing it's coming. Like we just like, Looked at each other. We start like giggling. We're like, stop, just, just yeah. wait. And then like once it finally came on screen, we just like let loose <laughs> and like it was su- it was such a great time in the theater, just kind of enjoying that movie. Um, and it's probably one of the movies I watched countless times since I got it on DVD. Yeah. Maybe not as much now, but I mean at the time, uh, one of my most most rewatchable movies probably. Sure. Yeah, you know how like sudden that scene was too. It just yeah. like was so unexpected. It just pops up and you're just like, "What?" <laughs> and you start dying. I just remember, yeah, that was one of my too, but um I just remember like after that scene we were just laughing hysterically like about that particular scene like, you know, stuff scenes after yeah. still trying to keep it together. It was so great. Um yeah, I want to I kind of want to like pair these two together cuz okay. they're both Marvel movies. Um yeah, I mean, Avengers, Winter Soldier, those are all like kind of the same things where you just had a great time watching and Winter Soldier more so because I not necessarily the actual theater going experience, it was more so just walking out of it being like, "Wow, that mm-hmm. was completely 
unexpected, you know, just the way that it was directed and everything. But so I won't get into that as much. But um, I got Captain America, the first Avenger as one of my top ones. So this was my first ever midnight showing for a Marvel movie. Okay. Um, Dan, one of our friends, actually Mm -hmm. uh, won tickets off a radio show. And so he (laughs) decided to take me. And um, I remember waiting in line with all these super fans. It was a good time. Dan being his talkative self, you know, talked it up with some people. And then, uh, you know, like while we were waiting for mm-hmm. the movie to start, too. And then, like, during the whole movie, the crowd was just great. I remember rea- them reacting everything. But the post-credits teaser for Avengers, yeah. everyone went crazy. And that's, like, one of the biggest things that stands out in my mind. Um, the other thing I got here is uh, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, you already mentioned the first Avengers. I've said that several times, yeah. probably. But, um, yeah, this one was, I don't want to say as good of a going theater going experience like it's it's still up there though just because like we had such a great time mm-hmm. leading up to the movie we all dressed up um i dre- i painted myself green was the hulk <laughs> nice uh cooper was yeah. captain was america i've seen this photo yeah we had we had andy in a full body iron man too and that's one of the funniest things i still have a picture of him trying to take a drink out of his cup and he's just like <laughs> him even trying struggling to with it because he couldn't move in it and he was like you couldn't even sit like down this. yeah yeah it was just yeah so great and then my sister was there as Thor, and then uh, we had Cole, who didn't want to participate, but he wore, but he wore a, a Spider-Man, Spider-Man mask, mask, and that's We're it. Like, you we had, idiot. Even though we had the full suit, Spider-Man. Yeah, that movie. was before we even knew he was. You know, he's going to be a part of that universe, obviously. But mm-hmm. yeah, so those two are kind of just paired together there. Yeah. Josh? All right. Well, I'm back to me. Okay. Well, not at the risk of being monotonous here, we're going <laughs> back to Star Wars Whoa. to the Revenge of the Sith. Okay. That was my next one. And this is this is my first midnight movie that I've ever went to and didn't think didn't think we were gonna go the whole day I'm like ah man not gonna be able to go see the movie tonight too bad but I can't wait to go see it tomorrow but little did I know my dad shows up after work he's like what are you guys doing tonight we're like nothing (laughs) and then all of a sudden he produces the tickets or the email of Fandango that he had ordered the tickets for. And we're like, we're going to see Star Wars. (laughs) And when you get there and you watch the epic conclusion, and when you get to it, you're like, oh my goodness, the good guys didn't win. The bad guys won. Darth Vader is alive and he's building the Death Star. Like I had... Shocker. Like I didn't know (laughs) episode four had happened at that moment. But I remember like getting back home and like telling everybody it's a game changer like you won't believe what you won't believe what happens it's it's crazy it's it's you know and somehow like i had glossed over the fact that like anakin like chops down little kids and things like that but you know uh, whatever the case is but i just remember that next day being like i know what happened attitude at school and it was like the beginning, of, I think it was the origin of my smugness um, <laughs> in a lot of ways. And it hasn't died down and since. It hasn't, yeah, no, it hasn't gone away since. Uh, so yeah, I mean, sticking with the Star Wars theme, I will okay. mention uh, Star Wars Force Awakens. Oh, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movie-going experiences because, again, it was, kind of, it was right before I feel like movie ticket, like pre-sales, reserve seating, and all that stuff kind of took off. Mm-hmm. And so you and me and Logan, who's been on the pod before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we made plans to go see it at the seven. Then I'd made plans again to go see it at the one a.m. showing in IMAX 3D uh, over at a different theater. But you know, we saw it at seven o'clock. Uh, we got there like five hours early. 
Uh, and we just like sat in the lobby because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, they're not letting people in yet. So we're just going to sit and talk. And you know, you boldly predicted a billion dollar opening weekend for the movie. Um, and <laughs> I, I mis I, I misjudged how movies worked. a little bit. But then, like you know, we started noticing that people are, are going into the theater, and we're like, oh, I guess I guess we can go s- get seats. And like it was, uh, it was, a, it was a. It was a pretty packed theater. We yeah. had, you know, some annoying younger uh, fans who came in with like, you know, those like inflatable noodle lightsabers mm-hmm. um, that were like trolling around before the movie. But once the movie started, everybody was great. Uh, I mean, the actual movie itself was incredible. Uh, the reactions it garnered from the fans, like you know, when Luke pops up at the end and it just cuts away and doesn't say anything, everybody's like, "What? No, yeah. you can't <laughs> do that, JJ." Um, and then you know, we went to talk about afterwards. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about the movie, what it means for eight, for like three hours yeah. <laughs> until I had to leave to go to the again. next show. And <laughs> yeah. right. just that like, you know, 12 hour span, I was like, I was just consumed in Star Wars. Um, it made me realize in the lead up to it, how excited I was for another Star Wars movie. Cause I was like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, I'm excited. Star Wars seven. Cool. I've liked the trailers. Looks good. Um, but then like in the theater with you know hundreds of other star wars fans and like mm-hmm. everybody like you can just like feel your heart beating really fast and you're like kind you're like nervous you're like uh, what's what's gonna what's gonna happen you know, what's, <laughs> yeah. what is it gonna mean and uh it, it made for a really great time absolutely okay yeah i was i i would be remiss if i didn't mention star wars as well <laughs> so i mean star wars episode one star wars episode three kind of both kind of meshed together with what you said mm-hmm. um yeah star wars seven i just remember seeing it first time couldn't wipe a stupid grin off my face you know the whole time <laughs> Um, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Also, again, I'll mention that, but um, my my personal reactions to the movie would be embarrassing <laughs> if you guys were to be there with me. Um, I lost it several times throughout, especially Snoke and Luke at the end. Um, yeah, I tried to when I was at work. I tried to I work at a theater, so I tried to go in to see people's reactions to Snoke like mm-hmm. that opening night when I was working, just to see like. Yeah, how they would react to that? How'd you pick up on it? Um, the one you... showing wasn't very good. They just kind of didn't react at all. And then there, the other one, uh, some people like a lot. I heard a lot of clapping, <laughs> which is like, yeah, for me, I was just kind of like, yeah, mm-hmm. that's crazy that they actually did <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> you know, they just killed the main villain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll also quickly mention the Hunger Games, the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that was just like leading up to it. I was really pumped for it. I'd read the book like a year prior, and. Um, I didn't really know who Jennifer Lawrence was at the moment. I'd seen First Class, but still didn't really have a grip mm-hmm. on how she was as an actress, you know. Um, but this one kind of introduced me to how good she could actually be. And um, it exceeded all of my lofty expectations for the movie. And it gave me that... I, I want to talk about like a rare feeling you get when you see a movie for the first time. It barely ever happens. Even for some of my favorite movies, it doesn't happen right away. But this one gave me that feeling. It's it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, but yeah, really quick, too, I just want to throw in the dark Knight because i've already talked about yeah. other nolan movies but um still the greatest performance in my mind to this day is heath ledger's portrayal as the joker and this opening weekend viewing experience had me introduce me to that and it's still fresh in my mind from what i felt watching that i was just like i was i went with two of my cousins i was just in shock after the movie just like how great that was mm-hmm. um we actually i saw it on a saturday night um we got tickets way in advance and we had to wait in line and the line we were in wrapped from inside the building all the way to outside. It was oh, at cold water. Um, but yeah, we had to wait for a while. We actually got in there. Everyone was, 
it was like a pretty quiet audience, but you know, that's, that was fine. Cause yeah. I was just sitting there, you know, stunned about how great I thought that movie was mm-hmm. after. So that kind of sticks out in my mind more so just for the, uh, seeing it for the first time and not expecting to like it that much. So, yeah. cause that was before I was actually really, really knew Nolan at all mm-hmm. or just like mm-hmm. Batman begins. I had seen and I was just like, eh, it was fine. Wasn't my favorite, but you know, I mean, I still, I appreciate it more now, but I mean, the dark Knight was one of those that just kind of, hit me over the mm-hmm. head because I didn't know it was coming. Titles, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Hunger Games. I'm not going to mention the first one, but uh, the conclusion, even mm. though I think, you know, the final two movies could have been improved upon, um, you know, I saw it the day before the premiere. Um, I saw it on Wednesday instead of a Thursday night because AMC was doing a double feature. Ooh. See it early. So I saw Mockingjay Part 1, Mockingjay Part 2. Back to back uh, at AMC, I was like one of the only people there for the for part one, and then you know more people came for part two. Yeah, I was at part two, <laughs> and it was it, but like that was just like a cool moment because you're like, I'm I'm seeing this sucker 24 hours early before most everybody else is gonna see it. Yeah. So it's like it was one of those like cool factors. Like yeah, I know I know what happens. Feeling, I know how it, I know how it ends. Um, and you know, I I thought that it concluded very well the franchise. Um, Part two is definitely a step up from part one, and uh, I mean, I it capped one of my favorite uh, franchises mm-hmm. that Hollywood's done, especially in recent memory. So uh, I had to mention that one, and I'll briefly mention the Planet of the Apes triple feature I did last year oh, yeah. um, to see War of the Planet of the Apes you did a triple feature. It it was Man. it was a long long day, but it also like. It, it makes you realize kind of just how well all those movies play well together and um, made me appreciate the first one even more, the second one even more, and then the third one, just seeing it for the first time like that. Um, in a mostly empty theater, which was unfortunate because, like, these movies, for whatever reason, especially the third one, didn't get enough attention at yeah. the box office, but it was... I was enthralled and engrossed, and I was just like... I was in the Planet of the Apes universe for, like, nine hours, mm-hmm. and it was great. Terrific. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm going to try to... I have several more, so I'm okay. going to try to sure. speed through some of these. Um, I got The Chronicles of Narnia, uh, oh, Lion Witch yeah. the Wardrobe, and Prince Caspian. Both kind of meshed together. So uh, the first Narnia movie was one that... One of the first movies I can actually remember being like super excited to see like way in advance of when it was coming out like when i found out before they even cast it like when i found out it was coming out because i had read those books growing up yeah and uh i just remember like there was like a website called like narnia web and i would get on all the time and check for news daily just to see like what else came out and stuff and when that first trailer dropped i remember still like just waiting up all night to get online to see it because it dropped at like i don't know like late at night Mm -hmm. like three in the morning or something crazy like that but uh yeah, this this showing still holds a special place in my heart. We got to go see it opening night on that Friday. And um yeah, I mean the same with Prince Caspian. I remember seeing it with Cooper and um I remember we showed up like super early for it. We ended up watching the post credit scene for the first Iron Man before it play, before, you know, they <laughs> mm-hmm. had even cleaned the theater, so we were yep. some of those annoying people that <laughs> I still have to deal with now. But uh <laughs> yeah, I guess I can understand where they're coming from because I was you just in get that so situation excited too. Sometimes. Yeah, so you get yeah, we were just so pumped. I remember we both thought it was just like amazing the battle yep. scenes after the movie. I mean, uh I remember we ended up you ended up coming over for a sleepover and we ended up like <laughs> playing the video game all night long. You remember that? Yeah, we, like beat could, it the next morning. You, you could uh yeah, you could play as like the little rat character. Yeah. Uh Reaper Cheap. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. 
But uh, yeah, those two kind of uh, hold a special place for me. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. This isn't what you're thinking. On Stranger Tides, the fourth one. Uh, simply the theater going experience here. So we had a we had a big group go, um, and they were. I met some new friends on that night too. Uh, we we took up an entire row. It was an IMAX. Um, I remember just leading up to it. One of my friends, Kendall, he brought his laptop with him and wrote his senior paper like what? before the movie started. And then uh, I remember Cole. He fell asleep during ah, the trailer, classic. so he missed the whole thing. So just like little <laughs> little things like that kind of have a special place in my mind. And then the last one I'll mention here on my turn is uh, Toy Story Three. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, the whole the whole trilogy in general, like the mm-hmm. first one. Uh, that's that's the first movie I remember seeing more than once. I don't know how many times I ended up seeing it in theaters. It was just like, I know my grandma took me mm-hmm. to see it. I know my mom and dad took me to see it, and I might have seen it a third time. I'm not sure because that came out when I was like, I don't know. can't yeah. remember how old I was, but uh, Toy Story 3 in particular. So imagine the scenario. Andy, the character in the movie, mm-hmm. is graduating and going off to college with all of his toys. And that same year, that summer, I just graduated high school Aww. and was going off to college I had my I had all the Toy Story toys growing up. I still have them, I believe, all of them. But um, and you know I'd watched the movies countless times going up to that moment. So this movie <laughs> just kind of struck, yep, a gut punch to me, seeing it the first time. Just like it was just so relatable, and mm-hmm. still kind of tear up thinking about it. But it was just so well done, Aww. and uh, such a great experience. I saw it with Cooper too. Mm-hmm. A lot of these I saw with Cooper. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying we were, you know, locking arms at the end when the furnace is coming, but did you? We held pr- each other. Uh, a little it, bit. It, it was probably it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't graduating. I was a year or two years away from at that yeah. point from mm-hmm. graduating, but still, like you know, it's like growing up with these toys and like, yeah. uh, uh, I don't want to say goodbye, and you know, we're not because Toy Story Four is coming, right? But like. Seeing it from Andy's perspective really hits home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at that point, I mean, I've got that on my list here too. And it was just for the mo- for the first time, like I felt like an emotional impact, mm-hmm. like of mm-hmm. a movie. And I was like, "Oh man, movies aren't just about like you know <laughs> the action or what happens in them." Or like for last, it's like there's a message here. Yeah. And like I think I saw it when I was you know entering my sophomore year mm-hmm. of high school. But I was just like, "Oh man, I'm gonna have to grow up really soon." And then you know, like the like thoughts of like, "Oh man." I'm going to die someday too. Yeah. Like, you know, like these yeah, immediate, I mean, like just, just being a nostalgic depletes. person too. Right. <laughs> this movie just like hits home so hard and it's just, uh, and man, if, yeah, if you weren't fighting punch. off tears as yeah. they wave goodbye as he drives down the road, uh, yeah, you're not, human. you were not human. No. Uh, two, I'll mention, uh, briefly. One is another one with Colton. Uh, actually both of them are with Colton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fast and furious six. Oh. Uh, Terrible movie, but that's what helped make this on my list. <laughs> oh man! Because I thought we were gonna get thrown out. <laughs> we saw it at the like dollar theater here in Fort Wayne, and uh, it was like it was us and two. It was Dan, or no, not Dan, was, Andy and Cole. Yeah, Andy two Cole. two of our other friends, yeah. and we were like in the like the back of this like terrible theater. There were a couple <laughs> of the people with us, or not with us, but like in the theater too, and. Mm-hmm. The movie was just so corny. It was so bad, and like <laughs> we were just like laughing at like. We have matching tattoos. We we have matching <laughs> scars. And you're like, this is ridiculous. Why are you guys have matching scars? Like all the ridiculous Fast and Furious elements that this movie had. Like we're just like losing it at the whole thing. We're laughing at everything you're not supposed to be laughing at. And we're not laughing at the jokes that you're supposed to laugh at. Yeah. And uh, it was just it was so funny just to kind of have that bad movie that you can just kind of just like 
All right, I'm just going to have a blast making fun of it, and uh, that's what makes on this list. Another one um, is, surprisingly, Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay. Because uh, this was like another of those like, event things where yeah. me, Colton, and three of our other friends, or two of our other friends, we drove to... I think it was three. Yeah, because we, we drove to Purdue, and then we drove to yeah. uh, Chicago, to go to go like Navy hang Pier out IMAX, and yeah. then oh, see it snap. on like one of these on one of the biggest IMAX screens mm-hmm. uh, in the country, and we were like four rows from the front, like this this screen was just massive, and nice. like we we're just like, whoa, and like you're just kind of like engrossed by the movie, and like yeah, the movie like turned out not to be the best, but like but you didn't know that the first time, but the first time it, you know? you're just like this screen <laughs> yeah. is so big, I don't know what to do with everything, yeah. and yeah. like so like that like. Again, it's that it's the experience of it all that makes yeah. it. Uh, it almost this list. makes you want to drive out there for Infinity War, you know? Kind of, because like <laughs> I saw Catching Fire on that screen too, and oh, it's really? like, yeah, it's so it makes the movies like better just because of how big the screen <laughs> is. It's crazy. Awesome, Colin. Do you have any other ones yeah, you want to wrap um, up here? I'll do a. I'll wrap up a couple, but I got Space Jam. I just remember going to that first show. You saw it, yeah. Theater. Mm-hmm. Oh man, sold out. Um, we had to come. My dad bought tickets for a later show. Um, I had Michael Jordan action figures that I got from my grandma with me. I brought him to the theater. That is I had awesome. The golfing Michael Jordan, the basketball Michael oh, Jordan, and the baseball man. Michael Jordan. And I carried those around everywhere. I was obsessed with him as a kid. So, um, yeah, I remember going to see this and just like being so sad when <laughs> I found out we couldn't go to the show. But he's like, he's like, don't just wait. We got to wait like two hours. We can go see it again. So, yeah, I just remembered that whole experience of just being obsessed with that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you already had mentioned Get Smart. I'm going to mention a couple more comedies that kind of stand out to me. So The Other Guys. Yeah. Um, uh. Saw that with Cooper as well. Should probably stop. Probably <laughs> saw most of these. That should yeah. be just kind of an asterisk on the side. But um, it was another just gut-busting comedy. Uh, we couldn't contain our laughter in tears. Uh, Dan was with us too. I know mm-hmm. he's mentioned several times. But um, yeah, that was one of those. 22 Jump Street was another one. Just like I remember seeing that for the first time just like laughing hysterically and then pop star same thing i just remember like that one particular moment in the movie with the bin laden song i was just in (laughs) tears um but yeah i mean uh, i just want to mention too get out was another great one just because of the crowd the crowd was so into it memorable experience there and then i had fast and furious six and uh, also gotta i gotta mention spy kids um (laughs) spy kids two and spy kids three more particularly i'll I'll go with spy kids three here 3d because that was in 3d uh, first experience with 3D, and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, because yeah. that was back when 3D was like, look, stuff's yeah. coming at you. Yeah, like, see, that's Whoa. what. See, back then, I I almost still prefer like because 3D now is not a gimmick as much, which no. is what people want. Mm-hmm. But I kind of liked the gimmicky aspect of Spy Kids 3 because you had stuff <laughs> popping out at you left and right, and it was yeah. just like so cool back then. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like the first time that like they brought it back. I mean, that yeah, was, like, the first reemergence of yeah. it mm-hmm. with the. Like, you know, the 3D glasses that yeah. actually, like, look like 3D yeah, glasses. real 3D glasses. As opposed to today's that look like... Regular glasses. Sunglasses, yeah. only mm-hmm. worse and janky, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, Josh, do you have any other ones you want to mention? Um, no, I've got one more, okay. and then that's it. And it is, oddly enough, Fast and Furious 7, um, or Furious 7, I think is the technical mm, name yes. for it. Hadn't seen a single one of these movies. Thought they were so dumb, but, um, of course... Paul had passed away, so mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll go. Who cares? I'll just go appreciate whatever this is. So, show up, watch the movie, and I'm like, wait, this isn't actually that bad. 
and you know the fight scenes get out of hand at the end i'm like okay that's where this thing is really dumb and then there's a few jokes in there and laughs but <laughs> and ronda rousey exactly, <laughs> exactly the, the random po- rousey cameo and then all of a sudden the ending gets there and for some reason this franchise that i have no emotional tie yeah. to whatever who i that had ridiculed you know mercilessly up to that point i'm like why am I so sad? Yeah. I'm crying. Surprisingly here. really well done. Yeah. yeah. James Wan. Exactly. And as this is going on, I'm like, it says you hear see you again. And you're like, oh, that is that is wrecking. And it ends, and you're like, I'm just gonna listen to that one more time. So <laughs> I like, put my headphones in and then kept going. And I I honestly do think the song is what got me into the theater. That day. Wiz Khalifa. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I know. So, like, oddly enough, but I think it was the first time a song drew me to the movies. What and drew me to that movie was Daddy's Gotta Go to Work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Busting out of the cast. <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, Classic rock. Uh, last one I'll mention here, real quick, is um, when that happened last year mm. uh, when Lion King was put in theaters Ooh, again. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I did end up seeing that too. Went and saw it in theaters, and this is a movie that. It's maybe what I've, ever, I've seen the most times in my entire life because I was just obsessed with it as a kid. Like, I had the soundtrack. I listened to it. Like, I remember sitting in my room and, like, typing up the lyrics to the songs, like, as I'm listening to it. And, like, but, like, seeing the movie again in, in like, the theater uh, experience for the first time because the movie came out in 94, the year I was born. So, like, never got a chance to see it in theaters. But seeing it then, you know, as a 23-year-old, like, you just, everything about it, you just you appreciate, you love. And I'm like, yeah, like this movie still rocks mm-hmm. all these years later and uh, really just re-solidified why I love that movie so much. I'm so glad to know, though, that I'm not the only one who just sits around typing lyrics up to see if I can, like, you know, help me. Help well, maybe not anymore, but, like, you know, <laughs> yeah. back back on, like, my, oh. on, the, on the nine, on, like, the 2000, you know, uh, Windows computer, I'm like, uh, how do you spell Kuna Matata? <laughs> right. That, I, think, I think there's an H. <laughs> that's what I meant too when yeah. I was younger. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, you weren't typing up "This is America" lyrics this whole week. <laughs> Not <Nonsense>. at all. <laughs> um, yeah, those are some of our favorite theater-going experiences. If you guys have any, uh, be sure to share it with us on social media. But we'll be right back in a bit with the news. And we're back with the news, and as always, we're going to start with Ticket or Skip It. This week, we only have one Ticket or Skip It, so we're going to say, based on the first teaser trailer for The Predator, if we're going to be willing to buy a ticket for this movie, or if we're going to skip it all together, Josh, what say you? Skip it. It's Shane Black, I know. And it's The Predator, I know. But I haven't seen a Predator movie. Really? Yeah, I haven't seen it. I know I said I was going to see all of them last year, including Alien, which I did not do. You still got to watch all the Mission Impossible movies. Exactly. Yeah. It's coming so, up. So I am I'm really behind. But <laughs> I just, I mean, there's some Shane Blackiness to this, but I don't see what looks fun in here at all. It, I, I, I mean, of course, Sterling K. Brown's in there. Um, Olivia Holbrook. Munn, Boyd Holbrook, who... 
you you can't say enough good things about since his Logan, you know, his Logan moment. Yeah. Um, then there's also um, K. Michael. Michael K. Williams. Michael K. Or no, no. K. K. Michael Keegan. Keegan. Keegan Michael Key. Keegan Michael Key. <laughs> Thank you. He he's gonna show up in there as well. There's young Jacob Tremblay, but for some reason he has an alien blaster and the ship. It looks like he's controlling it in some yeah. ways, but I think that's just an intercut. Yeah. Um. In I some think ways, I think it's like a beacon. Yeah, and it's just he's just somehow kind of portraying yeah. what's happening there. Mm-hmm. Why does he have that? Does he, in a box did someone mail it to him i don't know i don't get it but no this just shane black and his kids though he loves didn't them do anything for that. me that's right i mean i just watched the nice guys yeah it looked it was it was funny as heck mm-hmm. but none of this came across in see that. i actually with the nice guys too i thought the trailer for that didn't look necessarily that great i was kind of like eh, maybe i'll see looks, it looks because good. of the cast you know mm-hmm. and then yeah woo, so good right so you just think that maybe he or because he's not going to cut in these trailers, but for whatever reason, it's just hard to cut a trailer to a Shane Black movie. I mean, I mean are you based t- on just the nice guys, that's all I got going. I mean, Iron Man 3, I don't know that we're a little biased towards that because we were excited for it. Yeah. Already, so not sure what. Yeah. Well, that. Whatever the case is, this trailer is a skip it. What about you, Colin? Um, I'm going to go ticket here. Um, I actually, I've only seen the first Predator. Okay. Um, and, you know, the Predator is just a great, like, thriller type movie. Mm-hmm. Um I have only seen it one time, but I do own it, so I, I do plan on watching it okay. again here soon. But, um, I mean, I, I see everywhere you're coming from here mm-hmm. with the trailer, um, but I still think it's it should be a... Shane Black always goes for fun, and I think this is right. going to end up being a fun movie. Um, especially, I mean, Keegan-Michael keep fighting an alien, <laughs> as what I'm assuming is gonna, we're going to be able to see, and yeah. that sounds fun to watch, you know, yeah. right there. But, I mean, like, yeah, I don't... The trailer itself, like, I don't see that much Shane Blackiness in here. Other than like, there's like one or two lines in there, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I mean, the predator looks legit. I mean, he looks how how I'd want him to. So that's, I mean, it's it's really just the definition of a teaser trailer. I don't really mm-hmm. know what else. I'm glad we just got a first look at it. But yeah, I mean, the the trailer's not really doing too much for me. But based on the trailer, I'm still gonna go ticket because I kind of, you know, Shane Black. I know what he's capable of with the. Like his fun, quirky attitude he brings to the movies. Okay. So, Fair enough. yeah, that's. We don't really have much else to say based okay. on because no, the trailer didn't really give us too much. Right, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, I will side with Josh on Ooh, this one yes. and say skip it as well. Um, yeah, I think the fact that this movie comes out in like three and a half months, mm-hmm. it's like right around the corner. I I needed more than a, a minute thirty of footage. Like, yeah, the predator looks good because it looks like a predator. Like. The, the predator design is great so the fact that they didn't change it good but like <laughs> yeah. the uts are like oh it's like upgrading itself by taking you know dna from different species as it goes from planet to planet and you're like okay i didn't mm-hmm. see any signs of that in this trailer um yeah the action like looks okay and like they just like have like the one really bloody shot like hey don't forget this is probably gonna be r right so here's a here's a bunch of daggers of blood and a <laughs> yes. dude just like dead on the side <laughs> like Oh, okay, but yeah, I was missing the Shane Black kind of style. Um, I wanted to see more from Boyd Holbrook, who who looks good, but like I wanted I wanted to get more of his character, the mm-hmm. Jacob Tremblay stuff. Like, yeah, why why does this random kid have a box full of alien tech? I mean, it looks like it it was shipped to him or at least to that residence. <laughs> so like, does he have ties to like 
Schwarzenegger or something, and like this, that's how this is like a continuation, but also still like a reboot or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I definitely just need to see more. So, I it's a skip. Right. Yeah. I totally get it. It's in like it was like just Shane Black's, uh, you know, the comedy that he's able to eke out from you know fights. Mm-hmm. Like they're so messy and like uncut, like the exact opposite of David Leach. I just don't see like that translating yeah. to this. And it just kind of feels like a, what if we had Shane Black do a stock Hollywood action movie? And I was like, oh, no, that's not, I don't know if that'll work. Would but, you rather him, because there was at one point rumors that he would do the Hobbs and Shaw spinoff movie. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have seen him do that instead of this? Yeah, totally. Oh, all right. I mean, I'd probably agree, but. I just don't want to see a Hobbs spinoff movie Come on, The Rock? No. Statham? An hour and a half? Probably two hours? Just no, kick butt? Sure the Godfather of the Buddy Cop movie? It's going to be great. Man. Come on. It's going to be great. Um, and something else that could be great is a Birds of Prey movie because Margot Robbie told Collider that she pitched it as, quote, an R-rated girl gang film. So do you think that this means that we are going to get an R-rated Birds of Prey movie, Josh? No, it's very hard to say. But if Margot Robbie wants it and you're DC seeing the success of rated R films, go for it. I think they would do it. Um, I think their days of like, let's play to everybody are mm-hmm. over. And they could definitely get through with the right script, of course, because you got to have purpose with everything you do. They, they supposedly have that great script from Christina Hodson. That's what this movie is based on. And there it is. I think, I mean, that's perfect parody. But you go don't think it. that it has to be R-rated. It doesn't have to be. But if they want to go that way. But if they cool. want to go that way, the risk has equaled the reward every time we've seen that done with superhero movies so far. Right? Yeah. Cool. I mean, do you- yeah, DC's got to do some game changing too. Mm-hmm. I, so I think I could easily see this one being rated R. But um, also, I'm a little skeptical when people say that because they've been teasing Venom as this R-rated movie for a long time. And I think you said recently that... Or like Tom Hardy or something said, he can't wait to have a movie where his kids can finally yeah. see it, like Cinema Con. Nine year old son, can yeah, watch it. and that's like okay. <laughs> you, 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 <laughs> so since when do we? Yeah. Since when is this not rated R anymore? Because mm-hmm. they've been saying this for like a long time. So who knows anymore mm-hmm. at this point? But I mean, yeah, I think DC would be open to anything at this point. Be, to like try to something to get success. Um, I think this could do it. Uh, Margot Robbie. Uh, kind of letting her loose and doing her own mm-hmm. thing as Harley Quinn. I think that's uh, exactly what this movie needs. Yeah, I could, I can definitely see it going either way. Like, I can see the already version of this movie where Margot Robbie is allowed to let loose and allowed to let Harley Quinn just go wild and you know be a little, a little bit more violent, but also be a little more crude uh, with her humor potentially, mm-hmm. and seeing that work. But then we've seen her already in Suicide Squad, and that was. PG thirteen, and she I think worked. It was originally supposed to be R, though. Probably, but she still she she came across really well in that movie, mm-hmm. and she was the fan favorite. And if they're potentially like if they're gonna if they're doing this movie and giving this priority over Suicide Squad two, they're gonna want the same kind of return at the box office. So this you know going to an R rating could potentially alienate part of the audience, yeah. uh, but also. You know, this isn't just a Harley Quinn movie. This is Birds of Prey, so we're gonna have like. Batgirl's the only other one confirmed to be in this. So, like, if Batgirl's in an R-rated girl gang film, that's that is Birds of Prey. Mm-hmm. But then they still want to do a solo movie. Yeah, is that also going to be R-rated? I would find that hard to believe because I don't. Batgirl doesn't need to be an R-rated character. So then, like, 
why would you introduce a character for a PG-13 audience in an R-rated movie only to then like either have to tone her down in some ways or just make her seem like she potentially doesn't fit in this Birds of Prey movie? So personally, I think they should, you know, if, if, the, if the script warrants an R rating and they're like, no, we need, for whatever reason, it to be a little more violent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can get away with some pretty good violence in PG-13 still. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just have to like cut out blood a little bit of blood here and there and like you're good so personally i think it should be pg-13 if it goes r cool but i don't see like that need to do it like it's not deadpool so she doesn't have to have raunchy jokes every five seconds yeah they they just need to make the best possible version they possibly can that's all they need to worry about because i think they're too focused right now on what's gonna bring audiences in right Mm -hmm. absolutely it's like so if hodson's script is based off of robbie's pitch or vice versa Mm -hmm. or however they worked that out and it's rated R, and that's the one they said they green-lighted. Don't change a thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, touching the, you know, the, the creation that you said yes to is like, I don't know. I mean, you want something in its purest form. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel, I feel like, you know, everything, believe it or not, you don't just throw everything into a script and then it just like, you know, forms that way. It's all in there intentionally. Yeah. And, in, I mean, Hodson is, is um She's on fire, so uh, don't mess with the good thing. Exactly. Um, and THR reported this week that Annette Benning, four-time Oscar nominee, is joining the cast of Captain Marvel. Uh, Marvel. She was described as a scientist, but then Variety reported that they believe she's actually playing Carol Danvers' mother. Um, I mean, it's Annette Benning. It's, it's a multi-Oscar nominee playing the mother of an Oscar winner in Brie Larson. Potentially, uh, I think this makes a lot of sense. It's another one of those kind of Marvel doing a, hey, look who we got sort of casting. Like, all right, you got another prestigious actress uh, or actor to be in one of your movies. Um, You know, the the description of a scientist and potentially her mother makes me wonder if she's somehow involved of, like, helping Carol understand her abilities. Like, Mm -hmm. after the crash happens or whatever they do with her origin. Um, that's where her description kind of takes me. Um, so I don't expect this to necessarily be a big role for Annette Benny, which is why her, she's been announced, you know, a month and a half after production started to begin with, but it's never a bad thing to add talent. So this looks yeah. like a good thing to me. Yeah. Kind of Sierra is a Marissa to- Tomei and Spider-Man yeah. homecoming type character. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear that. Yeah. A thousand percent there. Yeah. And then we also got some updates on Jordan Peele's, Second movie, which he revealed, is now titled Us. Uh, THR then revealed that Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, and Elizabeth Moss are all in talks to join the film. Is this the most exciting 2019 movie, or is this the most exciting 2019 movie? (laughs) The most exciting 2019 movie, for sure. Uh, I mean, first of all, picking up two of of the hottest actors right now, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, Finally, someone's capitalizing on him after Finally. Black, Black Panther. Took way too long, but if it sounds like this movie is like about two different couples, right? Is that what the alleged synopsis was? I don't know. Okay, well, I read a alleged synopsis. Okay, it's supposed to it's supposed to feature a white couple and a black couple, and I think that's the first couple. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth Moth is going to be one half of the other couple. Okay. And I don't know how it's all going to play out, but if you just assume that Elizabeth Moss is going to end up playing someone like evil and vindictive, and vindictive, yeah, it's a perfect fit, and I cannot wait to see what he does with it. But 
uh, you were just talking about Get Out. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean, what do you think of this? Oh, yeah. I'm on board completely. Um, anything he does at this point after Get Out, you know, just on board for. Even before, just like the thought of him directing like a horror comedy type movie, mm-hmm. I was like on board with. But now, like after Get Out, just seeing how great it was, I mm-hmm. think it exceeded everyone's expectations for him. I mean, he just won an Oscar for it, yeah. you know, which is crazy. So, I mean, anything he does at this point, like, yeah, when I, I saw like the teaser poster for it, and I was like, oh, can't wait. Yep. You know, immediately. I mean, yeah, I think the teaser poster definitely gives that indication of it. It's at least focused on a couple, which is the title Us, I think, for the yeah. places that I've seen. Other people, you know, believe that, like, the Us also stands for, like, United States and that it's, you know, a play Ooh. on a black couple, how they live in the United States. And then, you know, but I think Winston Duke and Lupita Nyong'o as a couple, like, whatever the scenario is, mm-hmm. that seems perfect. Yeah, like you said, Josh, I'm ex- I'm so happy for Winston Duke that somebody finally cast him in a role uh, after Black Panther because he is like one of the thousand scene stealers that movie had. You guys are pretty tight too, aren't you? We are. We're best buds. <laughs> uh, I wish. I'm still campaigning for him to you know be cast in the uh, new Bad Boys movie. We'll see if that Ooh. happens. Um, but in the, I have not seen Handma- Handmaid's Tale, so I don't have any experience with Elizabeth Moss, but she's a multiple Emmy-nominated mm-hmm. actress, I believe, so... I mean, again, it's kind of like it's never bad to have talent sort of thing. And if she is playing like the opposite, you know, evil white, yeah. <laughs> you know, wife just, or whatever, like I feel like that, I feel like out. that, I feel like that works. Everyone stands out in that movie. So mm-hmm. it's yep. just going to be, yeah, Peel knows what he's doing. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I definitely want to know more. Movie comes out uh, March, March of 2019. Yep. So, uh, 2019 shaping up to be a pretty great year less than a year away which is super exciting um and speaking of 2019 a rumor from fanta track states that the obi-wan kenobi movie is in quote full pre-production mode at pinewood studios and that lucasfilm is eyeing an april 2019 start for a potential december 2020 release josh we just talked about if star wars is done making standalone movies yeah and we said maybe and looks like they're saying nope. <laughs> yeah, they are answering our big question with a emphatic no. We're not done yet. And I think kind of what we came to, at least as an aside mm-hmm. to the question, was Kenobi's probably happening yeah. because of sunk costs. Like even mm-hmm. if even if Solo flops, indications are it won't. Yeah. Um, they're going to do Kenobi or this Obi Wan spinoff movie, and full production sounds like a rumor that you can't walk back no like there's either i think it may be happening but full production at you know um pinewood is a big deal because mm-hmm. so many people work there and someone's talking to somebody and so i'm willing to believe the brothers cousins aunts uncles <laughs> way this uh, rumor kind of popped up right uh and this is if so this is gonna be awesome if stephen daldry's directing interesting mm-hmm. cool um, still don't know anything about him. I still haven't seen that one obscure movie that he's done. He's done like four movies. I haven't seen either of them. But I think it was Wonder one of them. No, no, no. That's uh, Stephen Chobot or something. Chaboski, whoever that was that they brought in to do with work with Colin Trevorrow on his old nine script. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I have no idea. <laughs> whatever the case is, though. But this is awesome. Um, you know, people are pointing to the Ian McGregor attendance at Solo. I don't think that's exactly what was up. I mean, he just lives in Europe. So <laughs> that's. Yeah, but the Solo premiere was in L.A. Oh, that was in L.A.? That wasn't uh-huh. Cannes. Uh-uh. Oh, never The Cannes premiere happens in a couple of days. Got it. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll take all that back then. So, okay. <laughs> so yes, it's confirmed. <laughs> yeah, maybe that does mean something. Absolutely. So, 
uh, for sure. I'm, I'm stoked about it, guys. What yeah, I'm do? just I'm just excited that they're okay. actually like this is actually coming to fruition because this has been rumored for a while, and to actually see like rumors circling that you know, like you said, like post production, like these rumors are kind of a big deal. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to see it getting off the ground here. Should be a great one. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it goes against what we kind of like. Oh, you know, I think what we said in our big question was, you know, if Solo is good, they will continue to make them. Yeah. If Solo is not good, they will not continue Do you to think make they these were standalones. Waiting a little bit with uh, Solo to see like how it was going to turn Probably. out, like with the before the Lucasfilm actually got to see the final product. Well, like I mean, yeah, like this rumor popped up. You this know, is like this second Solo or second like spinoff movie that they've had that's had production yeah. problems so mm-hmm. maybe they were being a little like mm-hmm. careful with yeah it. i feel like they don't for whatever reason they know how to make a saga film but then these standalone movies are like whatever reason they can't get the right directors and or they can't get the right endings and maybe that's the whole reason why they were kind of like eh, we don't know what's gonna happen with kenobi because they didn't know what their story was going to be or they didn't know like you know if ewan wanted to do it anymore which he's he said multiple times that he would do it if they asked um and yeah i think that this obviously i mean the early reactions for solo are out mm-hmm. it looks like it's going to do really well um critically it looks like it's going to do pretty well financially as well so why would you stop making these standalone movies if you're lucasfilm you'll I mean if it does good enough we'll probably get a solo sequel ron howard's even hinted as much as like hey if this movie does well you guys are gonna get another one so that could happen plus yeah. this plus the ben f and wise series plus the ryan johnson trilogy plus maybe eventually you know episodes 10 11 and 12 like yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's plenty of content out there. So, and the ability to diversify your lineup enough with, if you don't move to two films a year to do, all right, here is a standalone movie. And then the next year you have a Ryan Johnson movie. And then the next year after that, you have a Ben Affleck movie. And then you just kind of follow in that pattern. Yeah. Every three years, you give a little more time without these, like, cause these current episodes are coming out every other year. Uh-huh. Uh, you get a little more time to breathe, a little more time to maybe hone uh, the, the story or at least figure out the long game a little bit better. So, if this is true, great. Did you? I just want to run something by you real quick. Yeah. Um, Eleven uh, thirty-eight. I think it's the Star Wars Twitter account. You bring them up a lot. I do. You should really figure out what Mike their Cooper banner is. Well, yeah, I know. I should. But I always. It's eleven thirty-eight. It's eleven something. Uh, it's run by Mike Cooper, and he this week he said, "I'm not so sure Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy." isn't an obi-wan trilogy what what, what 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 do you think of that i think that's baloney there's baloney yeah, i mean yeah they i mean he's been saying since giggle like, oh i'm trying to figure out where this is going to be set <laughs> you know what it's going to be about what kind of characters i'm going to use like they were very yeah. clear in their announcement that like this is not obi-wan and i don't see ryan johnson as like the type of guy that'd be like all right, y'all take Obi-Wan. I want to split up into three movies that all take place mm-hmm. three years. And the three is leading up to a new hope. Like I think star Wars is trying to move beyond that. I mean the, uh, the original trilogy timeline at least because like that, the John Favreau series is going to take place directly after it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lead up to episode seven, their new animated show is going to be in the lead up to episode seven. I think they want to expand that kind of time period or in the time period that takes place before the prequels. Um, and not so much like the, all right, let's, get even more content building into the original trilogy and why would Ryan yeah, you know, get, opt of yeah. opt out of full creative freedom to them being like, all right, 
here's your main character. He obviously can't die. He must end here. Yeah. <laughs> Tell three movies with them. That just doesn't make sense to okay. me. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. they, brought, out there. they brought Ryan on for something completely original. I mean, it, if that is the case, I think that's just a monumental mistake. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see if that pans out or not. Uh, we'll also have to see if uh, the studio gets their hope as that hashtag shows reporting that Gal Gadot, 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 we debated this before the show started. Gadot. Whatever it is. I'm going to go with Gadot. If, if, if Wonder Woman will co-lead uh, Red Notice with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as is currently being reported by that hashtag show, she is the front runner to get the role in like this action comedy, international espionage spy movie. I mean, that seems like kind of the perfect role for Gal uh, and her playing opposite of The Rock. Them two together, I can easily see that and easily see it making a billion dollars. So, yeah, of course, Param- I think it's Paramount or Universal, whichever one it is. Obviously, they want her. I hope they get her because that'd be a great pairing. Absolutely. Um, I think Godot is emerging as like one of the best female action heroes that we have or at least action stars i mean it's it, it would be, it's gonna be a fight for the top spot over these next couple of years because i think charlie's Theron, if she gets her franchises up and going could give what her a franchises um she's supposed to have uh the blonde movie atomic blonde yeah. sequel in development so we could see how those work out but i think godot has the top spot yeah you got brie larson moment. too coming in as captain marvel right so, so we'll have a yeah. clash here eventually mm-hmm. and Dwayne's already there mm-hmm. so i think this makes sense as a perfect pairing especially too because um she's like already you know uh, involved in like this uh, espionage type movies right yeah if gal's there i'm there all right, right. E- easy enough uh, to get Colton involved. We'll have to see whether or not he is as interested in a Snake Eyes solo movie, which yes. THR is reporting that Paramount has hired Beauty and the Beast uh, writer Evan Spiliopoulos to develop. He's writing the solo movie with Snake Eyes. It is reportedly, um, you know, kind of it's believed to be part of that Hasbro cinematic universe they're planning under that All Spark Pictures banner, um, and that it, I would. I'm assuming it'll be still part of the continuity of the G.I. Joe 3 that they're planning with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Does that mean Ray Park comes back to play Snake Eyes? You better. TBD. But Snake Eyes is a cool character. I, I'd be interested to see what they do because he doesn't speak. He doesn't show his face. Like That's why Ray Park is kind of a great fit because he can do all the action mm-hmm. stuff. Doesn't have to act at all. Um, but I'd be interested to see what their take would be then as far as him being the lead, him being the centerpiece. Will they just give a big supporting cast? Will they focus more on like the villain um, a little bit more? Or like, will they just beef up the side roles and then let him just kind of be like the silent but deadly, you know, scene stealer, even though it's his own movie, um, whatever yeah, the like case may be. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. whatever Not the case is, vein, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Snake yeah. eyes, the central character, kind right. Of Brian Gosling's character in that movie. But it's I, just like flat, ambiguous. And yeah. It's just action. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I, I this sounds like a pretty good idea to me. Yeah, totally on board with this. Um, he was the best part of the G.I. Joe movie so far. As bad as those movies are, they still have some standout moments because mm-hmm. of Snake Eyes. So to give him his own movie makes complete sense to me. I haven't seen a single one. Okay. You can just YouTube Snake Eyes scenes, and that would okay. probably be the best. But you know, um, who you, Ray, know, you know who Ray Park is? Well, of course. He's yeah. Darth Maul, and he, that's a role that will follow him around the rest of his life. It's perfect. I mean can't look at him and not see those yellow you know eyes and horns you know just like emerge from the man's skull but uh, gi joe 
have, have they made enough money? I thought the last one was just like a disaster. So they, I think the, I think it made a decent amount. I think, it? I think the second one made more than the first, yeah, because it had The Rock and Bruce Willis and yeah. Agent Paliki and like it basically like recast everybody. And then, spoiler alert for that movie, it came out in twenty thirteen. Killed off Channing Tatum in the first ten minutes, <laughs> maybe even five. <laughs> right, because that's Joe, right? Yeah. No, Bruce Willis is like Joe. Well, yeah. he's Joe know. too. It doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't, but it happened. Uh, you know, there I've heard dumber sequel ideas, but I'll come back or spinoff ideas. Mm-hmm. But so, but I'll come back up to this when I see okay. Snake Eyes in action. <laughs> this right. is a much better spinoff idea than the Hobbs and really spinoff. Yes, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, w- w- what would you rather see more? I know you guys like The Rock way more than but, I do. But what would but... you rather see? A Hobbs and Shaw movie or Fast and Furious Nine? I think I'd rather go Fast and Furious. 9. Really? Yeah. Because you still get the you get either way you're gonna get ridiculousness, but I think with nine you still got Vin Diesel just growling his lines out. Yeah, I'd rather have launching his car in space or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather have The Rock be a little more charismatic with Statham than <laughs> I don't know. Vin Diesel is being like have them have their little like it's all about family, ride or die. <laughs> see, that's that's what we live for at this point. That gives <laughs> us our that gives us our movie going experience. <laughs> this is like we got with Fast and Furious. So that, you know. That's that's oh, fair. Okay, um, I am currently watching Snake Eyes right now, and well, it's loading. Okay, but I'm seeing some scenes here now, and this looks actually pretty epic. And one of the things great about Ray Park is all of, a lot of it, a lot of his stunts are on camera. Mm-hmm. They just those nice long takes. And one thing underrated about Episode One is those hangar scenes yeah. are just you know. 10 like some of the scenes are 10 seconds long and he's doing flips mm-hmm. parries backflips and all sorts of things so okay i could i could see myself okay. getting on board with okay this. we're getting him on uh, we will have to see if josh is on board for once upon a time in hollywood as deadline reports that burt reynolds kurt russell tim roth michael madsen and timothy oliphant are all in talks to join quentin tarantino's next movie uh, it already has Leonardo DiCaprio. It already has Brad Pitt. It already has Margot Robbie. Woo. Now you have all these other stars. What do you think? I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> Not trade. Wait, that is trademark. We may have to cut that. Yeah. Um, Bleep. <laughs> anyway, yeah. This I don't know what Tarantino's planning, but he's got a murderer's row now mm-hmm. of actors, like old timey Hollywood actors from like the cocaine fueled days and. <laughs> Uh, things like that. So I don't know what this will shape up to be in the end, but it does sound like another great cast for Tarantino to play with. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Tarantino regulars, but there's also some new faces in there as well. Um, I'm guessing, you know, Sam L. Jackson will be involved at some point. Oh, in some role. Yeah. Got to keep up uh, that consistency if you're Tarantino. But the rest of these... I'm all on board for these. All are great. Uh, I'm excited to see Kurt Russell back in these these grittier roles. I would mm-hmm. assume he's going to be playing. He was great in Hateful Eight too. Yeah. Last oh movie. yes. Colin, are you on board for this? Oh yeah, movie? for sure. It's going to be great. Just yeah, just that whole cast sounds probably the best of the that year. So yeah. All right. So I'm gonna we're gonna end the news segment, but I'm gonna run down four projects that either were announced or got release dates. You guys can tell me which one you are most excited to see. Okay. Sherlock Holmes 3 was announced officially by Warner Brothers, giving a December 25th, 2020 release date. Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law are returning, but it is currently unclear if Guy Ritchie will return to direct. 
Then Sony gave Bad Boys for Life a new release date that is now coming out on January 17th, 2020. Meanwhile, that hashtag show says that the story will revolve around Lowry and Burnett being reunited after a couple years after a falling out when an Albanian mercenary puts a target on their backs and they must team together to protect one another. Meanwhile, THR also revealed at Cannes that Hitman's Bodyguard got a sequel, which will be titled uh, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson are going to return. Um, I'm guessing the wife's bodyguard portion means Sama Hayek is going to return as well, but that has not been confirmed. And then also, that movie? also at Cannes, THR uh, revealed that Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music is happening. Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters are officially going to reprise their roles as Bill and Ted. Uh, it is going to be directed by Dean Parasat, and the movie will revolve around these aged legends having to or being forced to create the perfect song in 24 hours uh, in order to save the world as they were as they promised they would do, and they'll travel <laughs> throughout time to make that possible, or at least try oh. to do that. So that's four projects, four very different projects. Which one, Colin, would you see right now? Bill and Ted. Really? Ooh. Yes. Um, Big fan. Just the premise itself. Is <laughs> okay. Great. Um, I've only seen the first one. Same. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, so I got to go back and revisit that. But um, just the premise alone, Keanu Reeves returning. You know, uh, I can't think of the other guy's name, but Alex Winters. Yeah, Alex Winters. Um, it just sounds like it has the most potential out of those. I can see uh, Sherlock as well as mm-hmm. a good. Yeah, I'm excited to see that coming back too. Okay, Josh. I've never seen a Bill and Ted movie. Okay. I don't know what they're about. Are they serious? Or is it oh, just no. like Oh no, they're like they're they're just straight up time travel comedies. Oh, okay. Well then, you know, actually put me on board for Bill and Ted. Because I, I haven't seen any of these yet. Uh Sherlock, I was about to like say I was so excited for because mm-hmm. it's Robert Denny Jr. back in one of my favorite roles ever. Yeah. But at the same time I'm kinda like, eh, they already killed Kate McKinnon out of the series and I thought they ran out of road at the end of the second one. Kate so. McKinnon's not in that. Is she? No, Rachel McAdams. It's Rachel McAdams. Gosh, Rachel McAdams and uh, Numero Pace is in the second one. Mm-hmm. As uh, Moriarty Jude Laws. is in the second one, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I don't know what they're doing. I mean, his return, but they've already, like... I feel like it's coming out nine years after the right. last one, so yeah. they got to have some idea for They just it. ran through all yeah. the Sherlock novels and things mm-hmm. like that, so I'm like, all right, good luck. I mean, we already have the TV show. That kind of makes me less excited for it, because I feel like... Nothing they can do can really match with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, put me over Bill and Ted, but I'm no fan of Bad Boys, um, so. Yeah, is Michael Bay returning for that, too? No. No. Okay. They've hired, I don't remember, I don't know their names. They're two younger up-and-coming directors uh, that are hired for this one. I would... I would say Sherlock Holmes three. That's maybe where I'm leaning. Because mm-hmm. um, Robert Downey Jr. Because it's, it's, it's yeah, it's RDJ and Jude Law. I love both of those first two movies. Uh, it would definitely be the choice if Guy Ritchie was definitely going to direct. But if he doesn't direct, that's what helps make those movies kind of special. Is mm-hmm. the their is, is their chemistry, but then Guy Ritchie's style. And I mean, who knows if he's going to want if he's. I mean, he's going to take a step back and do. The like he's gonna do a movie called Toffs or something, or maybe it's a TV series. I don't remember, but that was announced this past week. So maybe he's not gonna do it. And if that's the case, then it's like, uh, we're, we're losing the sensibilities that kind of may help make this kind of unique. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Boys Three, don't really care for, and Hitman's Bodyguard was terrible. So I'm not interested in the sequel. <laughs> so I think we're going three for three for Bill and Ted Three, yeah. uh, because yeah, Keanu Reeves. That his career renaissance is in full swing. Can't wait for John Wick three. Um, I need to see the second Bill and Ted. I haven't seen it yet, but 
I mean, yeah, the premise, the bogus one, the bogus, yeah, the, the journey. bogus journey. But I mean, this sounds like a, a fun premise. It sounds like they've been they've been developing this script for years. The fact that it finally got off the ground like tells me that a they really care about this project, but b they actually have something that is kind of worth telling. Yeah. Um, which like that doesn't seem to be the case to be with Bad Boys Three. It's just like. So he's like, we need to use this IP. <laughs> That's really all it is. Reboot um, season. And yeah. Warner, I think Sherlock Holmes 3 probably does have a good uh, yeah. you know, script and story in mind. But again, without Guy Ritchie, I can't give it my full vote of confidence. And we're going to go Bill and Ted 3. Coming out, no release date, but it's announced. I would assume it probably films this year. So maybe we're yeah. getting that in 2019 as well. Uh, we'll have to so. wait and see, though. But that is all we have for the news, which brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, next week, we are going to be reviewing Deadpool 2, Deadpool Dose. Uh, Colton, are you excited to see the next Deadpool oh, movie? Yes, yeah, so excited. Um, it's I saw some early reactions for it. Sounds hysterical. Um, can't wait for that post-credit scene, too, based <laughs> on what I've been hearing. But, yeah, I mean... Um, I'm excited for, you know, all the cameos, all the jokes. I'm <laughs> expecting a rewatchable movie, too, to be able to catch everything that mm-hmm. they throw at us. But, yeah, can't wait. Josh? Yeah, I love the first one. I'm ready to return. But I'll be honest, I'm so glad it's here, not because I'm excited to see it, which is weird, just because I am so sick of the marketing. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm fed up with it. I'm done with it. It was cute the first time around. This time it's everywhere. He's in everybody's... You know, like, here, let's insert Deadpool so he can mock the product that we're hawking to you. And I'm like, oh, okay, nope, I'm done. I'm over with it. I'm, I want to see it in the movie where it, it's supposed to be, where it's not being paid to, you know, <laughs> shiv how fast an Audi, you know, A6 is or whatever the case is. Quick side question for you then. Yes. X-Force, if that is the future, mm-hmm. do they change the marketing campaign? Do they not make Deadpool the center of it and he's doing Deadpool jokes? The still make Deadpool the center. I, I, I would assume so as well. Yeah, because you can just put him everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Deadpool 2, sure. It looks like it's, it sounds like it's going to be good. Yes. So uh, I was the last trailer was the best trailer that they had. Amen. So they're going in <laughs> Peter at the on a high note. <laughs> Peter W. Got to be the MVP of this movie. Um, if... My other theory doesn't turn out correct and that he's actually Juggernaut, that'd be hilarious. Um, I don't think it's the case, but... If Juggernaut's in the movie, they haven't cast anybody. How funny would it be if the guy who doesn't have powers on the team gets powers, turns out to be a supervillain? Yeah, it'd be, that so, would it'd, be epic. it'd be it'd be so good. Um, but even if that doesn't happen, I think Deadpool Two is going to be pretty fun, and uh, I think that's what I'm looking for right now. <laughs> you know, Infinity War crushed a lot of dreams, a lot of hearts, and I I need I need a good laugh now, and I think that's what Deadpool Two is going to bring. So sure. uh, we'll also be back this week with a big question, though. Uh, discussing Peter Jackson's future and whether or not he should join the DC universe because there are some rumblings that that may happen. Um, if you enjoy this episode, though, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head right to and give us a five-star view with comments telling us why you enjoy listening to the show. And be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything covered by tweeting us at Friends of Film. You can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. And you can get a me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. At Believe in Blue 88 is me. There we go. And thanks again for tuning in to the Friends of Film Podcast. Josh? Thanks for stopping in, everyone. Colton, any final words? Yeah, just everyone have a have a good day and uh, tune in to the next episode, I guess. <laughs> Thank <laughs> and you. For, the, for their sake. This is coming out after Mother's Day, so hopefully all of you guys... So happy uh, Mother's uh, Day to mothers. You know, go watch the movie with your mom or get her a movie for Mother's Day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you get the movie already. Mother for your mother. 
Ooh. bad idea <laughs> good sentiment um, and you'll have to come back next week to find out what we did and for our future episodes as well as we review Deadpool thanks again for tuning in see you next week <laughs>